Hello, welcome to our AP World History Modern podcast by students for students. We are talking about AP World History Modern during the 2021-2022 school year. I'm Ray Salinas with Terrence Apted. We both have studied AP World History Modern extensively to provide you with the best information for some context on this topic. 7.7 Conducting World War II. Let's talk about it and its political spice tea theme. Starting off with the Munich Agreement of 1938 permitted the Germans' annexation of the Sudetenland. Yeah, this agreement led to disruption of the large Zek army and greatly influenced the Germans' invasion of neighboring countries, marking the near beginning of the German conquest of World War II. Speaking of Germany invading countries, they used techniques such as Blitzkrieg. Blitzkrieg was basically a hit-and-run conquering tactic that was fast and efficient. This was a really brutal kind of attack method that left barely anything standing and put many countries under German rule. Meanwhile, the United States was struggling in deciding the best way to end their conflict with Japan and the best move to make to end the war, end the war in the Pacific and prevent American deaths. Doing this resulted in countless Japanese civilians and militant casualties. Civilian cities Hiroshima and Nagasaki were bombed using atomic weapons to prevent further conflict with the Japanese Imperial Army. This was a response by Japan's attack on an American military base in Pearl Harbor. The severity of these attacks could be compared to Nazi Germany's conquests of neighboring countries. But first, as context, we need to talk about the start of the Nazi fascism group. Due to the Great Depression making European countries have many economic problems. Hitler took advantage as the German people were looking for hope and a way to rebuild their nation back to the prestigious nation Germany once was back before World War II. World War One. This was the main factor that led to Hitler rising into power and controlling the German government with his ideals. People really liked him at the time. After his rise to power, Hitler plan- planted imperialism into Germany, which made them turn to conquest as a justified way to bring back their economy. Out of all things to boost their economy, why did it have to be extreme imperialism? Tell me about it. Germany under Hitler started World War II by invading Poland with those ideals. Other European countries tried to avoid another world war, but feared if they didn't do something, Hitler would be unstoppable and take over everything with fascism. Well, Hitler didn't stop at trying to take over Poland. He also went for Paris and other major European cities in his conquest to try and weaken the opposing side. He unfortunately succeeded in taking over the majority of Europe and continued to occupy parts of Europe for six years. Now that we briefly explained Nazi Germany, we also have to talk about the political parties that contributed to Europe's world war. There were three main parties that were present in the war. Capitalism, fascism, and communism. All used, all three used strategies utilized all their natural resources for war efforts. This was called total war. Capitalism was mainly used by the U.S. of the Allied powers. This was mostly promoting the use of a free market economy with few government interventions. Fascism was used by Germany, Japan, and Italy, who were the Axis powers. This party promoted authoritarian rule, extreme nationalism, and a strictly controlled economy. The last prominent party was communism, used mostly by Russian governments. This had similar aspects to fascism when it came to its control over the economy. Communism also provided equal distribution of goods and services among the businesses, unlike other political parties. 
With these ideals meant newly developed tactics of war applied by both Axis and Allied powers. These methods included firebombing and atomic weapons. A very important war tactic aimed exclusively at the general public was propaganda. This charged the perspectives of war for the people by making them view war the way governments wanted them to see it. Serving in a country's military during that time was often romanticized and seen as honorable. This way of thinking supplied countries with an abundance of soldiers to fight in the war and made asserting food rations on citizens justified. Now, we know there's a lot to remember, as there's no shame in replaying some parts. But now that you've taken the appropriate time to fully absorb the information, congratulations. You have a pretty strong understanding of the topic and its main points. Now it's time for the whole takeaway of what we've been telling you. Re-promise, this is the last part. The learning objective for 7.7 is to explain the similarities and differences in how governments use a variety of methods to conduct war. Hmm, well, I'm pretty sure this kind of goes back to what we've said about different political parties, and now that we use war strategy, strategies to utilize their citizens. Yes, during World War I, most governments first used the total war method and continued it into World War II, so that's something similar they have with each other. The same goes for the majority of countries who make propaganda, create intense nationalism, and mobilize populations to help wage war. As far as differences go, I'm not too sure. Well, a difference could be how some governments adopted new military technology to increase levels of enemy wartime casualties. A perfect example is the U.S. developing atomic bombs to make Japan surrender during the war. That kind of weapon was feared across the world, and most places never dared to try it and recreate it due to its massive destructive power. I think this answers the objective, so a quick summary of the topic would be as said before. During World War II, many governments utilized methods of total war, which included nationalism, propaganda, and the mobilization of the population. Advances in war tech made more people die on the battlefield too. Now that was a lot of information, but it's definitely worth it. Speaking of, we want to give you insider advice of the entire AP course. Just some possibly helpful tips, I guess. Study, study, study. This is very important and is essential to being successful in this class. Keep in mind, this is a college-level course that requires critical thinking and extensive knowledge of each topic in this class. That is all the time we have today. We hope you enjoyed this episode as well as the following sources utilized. Information provided publicly by the College Board, Freemanpedia.com, Britannica.com, Mr. Tweed's Review website, and Thothios.com. Thank you for listening to our AP World History Modern Podcast episode by students for students. Best of luck in your class and on your exam.